Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wannabe Entrepreneur. And uh, it's been a week since we last talked. I really missed you. So here I am for another episode. These episodes will be much more good vibes than the last one. I'm feeling much better. And I'll be focusing on my new strategy, my new marketing strategy. I'm adopting a completely different marketing strategy, a new way to get users to my website and something that I hope it will pay off in the future, but that I cannot see the results right away. So that will be the main focus of these episodes. And without any further ado, let's get started with today's episode. I think it was Roberto, Roberto Robles, that I interviewed here on the podcast and he's an expert on SEO and is a top entrepreneur. And he asked on Twitter, what is the worst advice someone can give to another bootstrapper? And I answered. I answered with what I think is really a not good advice. Keep pushing. And I know what you're saying or thinking. Hey, Tiago, but keep pushing is a great advice because people shouldn't give up. Yeah, that's true. People should not give up. But keep pushing is such a generic and can be really misleading advice. What? Keep pushing on my mistakes? Keep pushing on things that do not work or projects that have no future? I really do not like that advice. Is as I said, too generic. So I prefer when people give me very specific advice. And of course, that this is not easy if you do not know my project. You need to take some time to understand what are my struggles and give me advice for that. I agree that people should not give up. I agree that people should somehow, quote unquote, keep pushing. But keep pushing does not mean to just do the same thing and expect different results. I think it was Einstein that said that insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, which is exactly what I fear that this advice of keep pushing might lead to. Sometimes you just have to adapt and change your strategy. Being an entrepreneur is about keeping an open mind and uh, not be too attached to your initial ideas. We need to always be testing. And it's funny because I also asked around on Twitter what should be the emoji of an indie hacker. And someone showed one that I, I really enjoy. I think it really fits the definition of indie hacker, which is a scientist on a laboratory. It's exactly that. We are scientists. We are doing experiments. We are seeing what works, what doesn't work, and we are trying to understand why certain things do not work and try to adapt to make them better. So that's why, again, I don't like this advice to just keep doing the same thing. I really believe that you should indeed not give up and you should indeed keep pushing, but that does not mean that you should just continue doing what you're doing. You just need to keep adapting, maybe. I think this is a better advice. Just keep adapting until you find something that works. And that's what I've been doing. I started my journey with a climate change related app, and now my main business is a community for indie hackers. And I've been trying to follow the money quote-unquote, and uh, not only the money, of course, also my passion. I think it's really important for you to see yourself doing and working that project in the next five years or more, because that's probably, if the project will succeed, that's 
how long at least you will have to work on it. So definitely money is not only your main metric or should not be your main metric, but it's a very important one because it's money that defines if you can continue working on your project or not. So I try to see what makes money, what people are willing to pay, and I think that's a great metric somehow to define the value of a project. Because if people are not willing to pay for your project, it's because it's not bringing enough value for them, for them to spend their part of their salaries, their money, their savings, and giving them to you, giving it to you. So I have been uh, working and adapting and trying different things. And today I want to share with you the new strategy, the new strategy that I'm adapting uh, or adopting rather this week. And I, I, I hope it will um, give results in the long term. So let's go back to last week. I was feeling really, really low. If you remember, I was feeling like all the work I was putting in was not enough, that I should just keep on working. And I was not feeling great. So I decided to take a step back and start kind of rethinking my businesses. And I think I've told you this many, many times. My community has a very low conversion rate, is 1%, which is not low in terms of indie hacking projects, as I kind of figured out a lot of the indie hacking project, the projects targeting indie hackers rather, have a very low conversion because we do not like to pay for things, right? We are bootstrappers. We like to build ourselves any tool. So it's really, really hard to convince makers to pay for stuff. So with a conversion rate of 1%, it means that I need to get a lot of traffic to my website. One thing that I have going on really well and really good for my community is that it's a subscription. So the moment I get one user, I get this user for at least a couple of months, which is great. But still, I need people to come to my website. And the way I was doing that, and again, I think I told you this, was by sharing posts and answers on Indie Hackers because my target group is there. And this was bringing a lot of traffic to my website or a lot, quote unquote. So around 200 people would visit my community landing page per month coming from Indie Hackers and then maybe another 100 or so coming from uh, Twitter. Those were my main sources of uh, users and visits to the website. And this would translate in about three, four new users per month. However, this required a lot of work. I need to wake up every day and uh, share going on Twitter and share tweets and create content and going on Indie Hackers. And there's also a big, big problem, something that you know about, which is sometimes people can accuse you of spam. And that happened to me on Indie Hackers. For instance, the moderator came to me and told me like, to slow down a little bit. And this really affects my my path, my, my revenue, my source, my top source of getting users is now capped because I cannot do this, um, my, my strategy, my marketing strategy because it's considered spam. So that's something that really affected me because I was putting so much work in creating content for these platforms and still only getting three to four users for, per month. And still, I might get capped at any time. So I need 
to find something new. I need to find a new way of getting users because another problem is that since I'm putting three to four hours in marketing and thinking on new ideas and new posts and putting all my energy in creating this content for these platforms that are not even mine, I am not focusing on working in the community itself to make it better for all the participants. I am not focusing on maybe other projects or I'm not focusing on my own personal life because I have to put so much work into this. So I kind of made the calculations. I created an Excel sheet and I saw that if I continue in this path of getting 200, 300 users to my website per month and basically continue doing the indie hackers and everything, I will reach July from next year with a revenue of 1,500 euros, which is not bad. It's quite good, but it's, it's still, it's so much work to get there. And to be honest, this is a projection. Maybe it won't work. Maybe a lot of people will drop out or maybe they will accuse me of spam. And this will require me to put every day hours of my time on Indie Hackers and Twitter. And even though 1,500 is, is great, for two years of work, I would expect to be making a little bit more because I want to somehow achieve the same salary I would get as a developer. So I decided to adopt a new strategy. I decided to work more in the long term to try to come up with a way to passively get new users to my website so that I don't need to focus in that and I can work on making the community a better place or work in other projects. And what is the only way, you know, now this is a questionnaire, this is a question for you. What is the only way, you know, to get passive users in your website? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? You have it? Yes, SEO. SEO is definitely one great way to get users without doing anything. And I have a great example. I told you before, I have a blog post or on Change It. So my Climate Change app, my first project, we had a blog. And there's one blog post in particular about the environmental impact of lithium batteries that is bringing about 100 to 150 users per day to my website. And as I'm saying this, I get a little bit of anxiety because I always feel that I'm missing out on something there because I got there and there's a lot of users and I need to find a way to monetize these users. And again, I need the time to do so. So that's why I want to automate the whole marketing process. Anyways. Yes, SEO can be a great way to get users to your website. And uh, that's part of my strategy. I want to focus on that. And let me tell you what I've done this past week to somehow work on my SEO. First of all, the blog posts. I've been writing a lot of blog posts. One in particular has been performing somehow good, getting about 10 visits per day, which is the one I wrote about Peter Levels. But I have many, many other blog posts. And uh, funny enough, Google announced that next week they will change their SEO algorithm and they say that they want to make it more user-friendly so that the posts that are really unique and are really helping the readers, those will be boosted much more than the other posts that are mostly only focused on SEO and keywords. So I hope that this will somehow help my posts because mine are more personal and I, I, I'm not very good in like focusing in all the keywords and stuff like that. So 
Beside the blog post, I've I've tried to do something else, something that people have recommended me to do in the past, which is to use some of the content generated by the users of the community as a source of SEO. So there's one particular Slack channel. It's called Looking for Advice. And it's really cool because people go there and ask for advice. Normally, it's questions and tech-related questions. And a lot of people go there and answer them. It's like a little quora. And I thought that this information could be, one, really interesting and useful for other indie hackers out there. And second, could be a great way for, for people to get to know the community and want to participate. So what I did was get into the Slack API, download all of these questions that I had on the looking for advice, and generate a kind of website where people can see all of them. Now, for the developers out there, my tech stack is, I mean, I, when I look at my code, I, I, have, uh, I have nightmares with it. It's really, really just, um, I wouldn't say ugly, but uh, I just want to get the features going. So I, I don't put a lot of effort, let's say, in, in organizing and putting everything great and scalable and everything. So I had two ideas here. One idea was to put all this um, information from Slack on a database and then use JavaScript to show it to the users because my website runs on Netlify and it's, um, it's, it's a static HTML website. So uh, it cannot connect using uh, Python or whatever that it cannot connect with the backend. So only using, it can only connect with the backend using JavaScript. So that was one option. The other option was to basically generate static HTML files from all these questions and push them to Git, and then they get deployed to, to Netlify. And for me, because I want to make this as SEO friendly as possible, I I know that Google also follows JavaScript and somehow works with that. But I thought, okay, let I will just generate everything static. There's not that many questions, anyways. So I'll just generate everything as a static file and push to Git. So that's basically what I did. I generated, I created the the, the script in Python that basically goes to the Slack API, gets all the questions, all the answers, all the users and everything, and generates static files. And then I push them to, to Netlify. And hopefully this will give me some advantage on uh, speed and as well on um, SEO. So now if you go to wannabe-interpreter.com slash questions, you will uh, find uh, our own WB quorum. And I think it's really cool. I even um, show the number of replies of each question so that you can kind of follow and this will help you decide which one you can focus on. And I think it's really helpful. Even I, I was going through some of the questions that I've missed in the past and the cool thing is that I connected it with Slack so I can just click on it and go to Slack and answer and question and, and kind of interact with questions that uh, for some reason I skipped in the past. Of course, that if you want to make any questions yourself, you need to become a member of the WB space. So this is kind of the value and this is kind of the carrot in front of the horse that I that I tried to use to attract new members. And yeah, uh, as I said, a great way to get SEO. So far, um, it, I, I've done this, I, I finished this project about two days ago. 
So I, obviously I still didn't see any results on SEO. Uh, but yeah, I will keep you posted to see if this will bring um, some nice results. One interesting thing that I, I must share with you is that some of the members of the, of the community were not too happy with the fact that I basically made this information public. And I totally understand that because the community is a private place. And even though there's people from all over the world and you cannot control who joins, yeah, it's there's a little, we're not a lot of people. So the members are very open and there are certain information that they share with the community that don't, they don't like or they don't want necessarily to share it with the world. So they were not too happy with the fact that I basically just made all that information public, even though it's the Looking for Advice channel, which is a channel where people normally ask, as I said, more tech related and technical questions um yeah some people might share something that is more personal there are other channels that are much more personal those i will never share publicly still i, I need to find a way to make sure everyone is happy with this information i don't want to share information that people want do not want to make public so i will make like um kind of create a flag that I can I can flag certain questions and say, okay, this question is private, you cannot share. And I, I also want to make it really easy for the users to opt out and say, okay, I don't want this question to be shared publicly. So there's still a lot of these little things that I, I need to, to figure out. And of course, if someone wants me to take the question out, I will immediately do it. Um, so this was kind of the, um, it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission kind of approach. But yeah, in the community, it's probably not the best way to do it. And I, uh, for sure, I will never basically make other group publicly without asking if asking it first. But so far, I asked the people if they want me to take down any question or something, and they said so far it's fine. They just wanna they just don't, they want me to be transparent and make sure that uh, I let them know if I put anything public. So, yeah, that part is uh, was an interesting learning for me as well. I, I didn't think that this could be a problem, but we are always learning and always adapting. But, yeah, so far it seems to be okay, and uh, I'm really excited because it's also, even for the members of the community, this is great because you can easily go back, as I said, and, and see a lot of questions. So, really, really cool. I really enjoy this new little project. And yeah, it's hopefully a way for me to generate SEO content uh, that I don't need necessarily to be myself writing it. Like I can use what the community is doing and the benefit from that as well. So that's one of my SEO strategies. Besides that, I'll continue writing blog posts and I'm really betting on SEO. And then I kept on kind of thinking on other ways. How can I get more uh, kind of passive traffic. And another thing that I've told you about already in the past is pushing everything, all my podcast episodes to YouTube because YouTube have a great, has a great um, recommendation algorithm and uh, you just sometimes do not have to do anything and you'll get a lot of traffic. Funny enough, I had um, a YouTube channel where I like shared vlogs and stuff like that in the past. And it was quite small, never grew up too much. And I, I stopped publishing. And like after one year or so it started growing organically and a lot of people were like coming and commenting and becoming subscribers and everything so yeah youtube it's it's kind of like seo they just share your content around so i thought maybe it's a great idea to just push everything to youtube and hopefully this will get me a few extra users into my website and i told you 
last time that my problem was that I was being kept again by the YouTube API. So I could only upload about six videos per day. So I made a request asking for them to extend my credits and they did. Now I can upload like 100 videos in one day and I've uploaded already more than uh, half of my backlog of videos. And I've, I've seen already a huge um, grow in the number of views I get on uh, YouTube. So this is really, really exciting. I, yesterday, it was the first time I was able to upload a lot of, uh, a lot of videos because I got the approval and uh, I got 34 listens on Sunday and uh, yesterday, Monday, I got 160. So there was a huge spike. I don't know if it's related with the fact that I uploaded so much content, but I will keep you posted to see if I keep getting more people, more listeners, and if this will also bring basically new members to the community. So this was another way, another strategy to get passive source of users into my community and into my website. Besides that, I tried to come up again with other ideas. And another idea I had was to go on Indie Hackers and somehow try to find a way to automate the process of reaching out to their users. And one cool thing about Indie Hackers is that a lot of users have their email and their Twitter profile available, and it's publicly available. So you can just go there and grab it. So I thought maybe what I can do is create a script that goes there and like creates email list of all of these people and send them a message asking if they are interested in joining the WB space. I didn't want to start immediately coding, uh, you know, the classic do things that do not scale first. So what I did was collecting manually, I think 30 emails, 30 different emails, and I collect all of them and I send to each one of them a message, like a personalized message with their names and everything, asking if they would like to join the community. It's kind of spammy, or let's call it just cold emailing. And um, from these 35 messages, or 30, I think it was 35 emails, no one answered. No one answered. So again, proving that cold emailing just for me, at least, it does not work. I, I did that previously on LinkedIn. There's a, a podcast episode about it. Also did not work really well. And now I, I did it again with uh, Indie Hackers and did not work. Some of them also shared their Twitter profile. So some of the messages were sent via DM. And uh, for them, I got, if I'm not mistaken, two answers. So people saying that they would check it out. One said that they would check it out. And the other one said that they might be interested in the future. So... Maybe it's better on Twitter because on Twitter, I only send about five messages and I got two answers. So it's really, really good. So I'm actually realizing this now as I'm telling you. So what I might do in the future is to, instead of sending emails, collect all the people with their Twitter profiles and send the DMs. But there are much more people with their emails there than people with their um, public Twitter profiles. So um, yeah. I will have less people to send messages to, but if the conversion is higher, then that's better. And yeah, that's basically it for my strategy, for my long-term strategy. Again, now I'm thinking on like, how can I automate these kind of things? How can I take my time back from the marketing and basically apply that to the community and new projects? I'm getting more and more excited 
with this YouTube upload project because it worked so well for me that I think a lot of other podcasters would also want to upload their episodes to YouTube. So I'm really thinking on creating a SaaS out of this and I'll, I'll try to think more about it and I'll let you know um, yeah, my, my research and how my research goes. Another cool thing that I've been focusing now and it's completely off topic is uh, around agriculture and uh, home farming. So uh, we want to grow our own kind of veggies and, and plants. And I've been researching about one thing called hydroponics. I don't want to take a lot of time from you, but I, I, I really find this interesting. So basically, hydroponics allows you to grow your plants in a water solution. So it's water with some extra minerals. And I'm still learning a lot from it, but it seems that it's super efficient because it uses way less water super easy to control it's it's very digitalized you you use lead instead of using the sun and you can control everything there's so many cool setups using arduinos and basically you can control everything from from your phone or an app or stuff like that and there's people making a lot of money with this already there's people that have like their little farms on their basement and they're able to make I saw some video on YouTube of people making like 10k per month. So I don't know. This could be something interesting. I'm just like researching for myself. Is I don't want to make a business out of it yet. I just wanted to grow my own veggies. But this is what I mean about follow your curiosity. A lot of people keep telling me that yeah, Tiago, you're always focusing on other stuff, always trying to learn new stuff. It one cool thing. Uh, that people normally say is that when I go and watch a movie, I want to be, uh, w- I want to be one of the not the stars, but one of the characters of the movie. Let's say I watch Batman, for instance. I w- after watching Batman, I was like, yeah, I'm Batman. I want to do it. Every time, everything I see and I and it seems interesting, I I want to try it. Uh, some people take that as uh, someone that is deorganized and does not know what they want. I I don't agree. I think. We entrepreneurs, we are like this. We are very creative and we get super excited with the process of learning new things and learning and acquiring new information. A lot of people, they don't care about it. They just focus on one or two things and they are okay with that. But we love getting new information and and get excited with learning. So I think that's completely fine to do so. Follow your learning cravings, follow your creativity, get to know and explore new projects and who knows maybe that could be your next next idea and that can make you money or if not at least you learn a new skill and you get excited and you get joy out of that so that's how i wanted to finish today's podcast just follow your creativity and uh, your curiosity and i think you'll go uh, a long long way if you want to talk with me, make sure to follow me on Twitter at WBE Podcast. The link will also be in the description. Besides that, you can become a member of the WB Space and meet all the other amazing indie hackers. Just uh, go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com community. Again, the link will be in the description. There's so many ways for you to support me. There's the guide that you can acquire. It's a one-time payment and you get one month for free in the community and um there's other ways that I will link in the description. You can get merch, you can get a lot of stuff. And of course, sharing this podcast with your indie hacker friends will also help this a lot, a lot, a lot. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.
By the way, if you are into farming and indoor farming and new kinds of farming, make sure to listen to episode 221. I think you will enjoy that.